0: Welcome back to Sage May Speaks. This week, I'll be talking to a writer, actor, and director who's been acting since he was a child. He's written many off-Broadway plays. One even became a film titled Yes, which is now out on demand. Our guest is currently working on a new film he wrote and acts in titled Bobcat Moretti, with stars such as Orange is the New Black's Taryn Manning, Vivica A. Fox, and more. He's completely self-made, and when the roles weren't coming to him, he wrote his own please welcome Tim Real Budo. Tim, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to talk to you. So excited to talk
1: to you as well. Thank you.
0: I reached out to you because I saw your movie, Yes, and I freaking loved it. My mentor, Kathy Salvedon, who is uh, episode one, was actually in it. Yeah. Yeah. So I came to your premiere and I heard the talk back and all that fun stuff.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to hear how it's been for you as a writer and actor and director during COVID.
1: Surprisingly, it's been busy. Oh, it's great. It's, it's, uh, I mean... I don't think that's the typical answer, but, um, for me, I, when we were in, when we were in early on quarantine, where like, you know, we weren't allowed to leave our houses or anything, a friend and I created a play reading series where we would read virtual plays every other week. And we got a lot of, you know, great Broadway actors together. And we would, uh, so I was busy doing that. And then by the time, um, filming opened in California I was out in California working on a film uh so I just got back a couple of weeks ago actually and uh you know we were we were working on the film with a lot of COVID restrictions but I've I've been working I've been keeping busy
0: yeah that's amazing oh I love to hear that everyone's always like oh it was so dead but like yeah there was a
1: period (laughs) there where I was like you know I really A few weeks where I really needed to do something and so that's why we started the play reading series and then thank my lucky stars that the the, the film I'm working on got the go-ahead.
0: You as I said were incredible and yes um, and I love the movie and I couldn't stop talking about it and so I wanted to know where you got that idea and if it was your first screenplay and all that fun stuff. It wasn't my
1: first screenplay. I had been writing for many years but um only as a hobby, you know. I took a screenwriting class in co- in college, and I wrote I wrote some really bad screenplays, <laughs> maybe from when I was in junior high school, just like fun stuff, just 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 for myself. Um, but it was my first one that I was pretty sure was going to get made. Um, yeah, so it wasn't my first screenplay, but it was my first produced, you know, screenplay. Obviously, uh, it came about. Because I was doing uh, the off the off Broadway version of the play, mm. and uh, director came and saw it and said that it should be a film. And I, right away, I realized that was a really good idea because it, it was a two person play, and I realized that I could you know fan it out and include more characters and include more locations that weren't in the play and once i sat down and wrote the screenplay i knew it was going to work as a movie and uh the reason i wrote it to begin with is because i just i wanted to um put a mirror up to some of the darker issues in our business of acting and i really really also loved the idea of having two people in a room and um you know just dealing with their psyches and why they do what they do and say what they say and who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth and uh at the end of the day i really wanted it to be um a morality piece between two people who have are come from completely different worlds but are very 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 similar and you know just based on some teachers i had in the past oh well. <laughs>
0: <That's> scary yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, what was that process like? Cause you cast Nolan Gould from Modern Family, which was so cool. Uh, that
1: was it. Was we had ten months of pre-production, and you know, I, I my first meeting with our director Rob Margulies, I said, "Listen, I want to play the part of Patrick. I've been playing it, you know, i in the stage version. I want to play the part of Patrick." And he said, "That's fine, as long as we get like a, a star to play the other role of Jeremiah." And I said, "That's absolutely fine." so um modern family is one of my favorite shows uh, ever and you know i I had heard nolan on an interview talking about how he wanted to break out and do some more serious work and our director rob Margulies had actually worked with nolan a few years earlier so he brought it to the screenplay to his agent the agent liked it the manager liked it the publicist liked it and then and then um 20th Century Fox, who owns Modern Family, had to approve it. So it had to go through his whole chain of people before Nolan was even able to read it. Then he read it and he said it was exactly what he was looking for, you know, completely the opposite of Luke, uh, Luke Dunvey which it is and it's exactly what he was looking for so i flew out to california and had a dinner meeting with him and i we just knew right away that we clicked and it was the right choice
0: that's so cool wow that's crazy you had to go through so many people yeah i
1: wasn't aware of that
0: (laughs) yeah oh geez so i want to know what your story is like how did you get into all of this craziness and where did it begin
1: this all started when I was a kid, a very little kid. My mom was very artistic. She did stained glass, so it was art was always in the family. My my uh, grandfather was a singer. Or he liked to think he was, and, uh, <laughs> but he, he was good. Um, my mom took me every Saturday night in the summers to see um, classical concerts in the park. There were these free classical concerts at the local college. And so I was very into music. Um, Then one night the concert got rained out and they were doing an indoor play at the college. I was five years old and the play was on Golden Pond. I don't know if anybody, if you know that play, but it's about these two old people Um, living out their final days (laughs) and it was so very inappropriate for a five-year-old but my mom said do you want to go see the indoor show since the outdoor since the concert was rained out I said yeah so here I was I was four or five and I was completely enamored with what people were doing up on that stage I couldn't believe these are these are human beings doing this up on stage oh my goodness and then I saw my first Broadway show when I was five which was into the woods and that was it I my mom bought me every musical on tape and cassette tape, VHS, and I was—I just grew up loving it and uh, started acting when I was five in community theater.
0: I love it. So how did you get into like all the writing stuff, too?
1: You know, writing was uh, just something that was a hobby that turned into more of a career. Uh, a few years ago, a friend of mine wanted to write a musical, and I said I would write it with him. So... We wrote a musical called Ghost Light. Um, yeah. And it played off-Broadway at the Signature Theater. And it was, it was really exciting. And then after that, you know, I just went back to playwriting. Uh, like I said, I never really thought that writing was going to be a good thing. I was, I was always an actor. I never thought writing was going to come into play. But the roles weren't coming to me, you know? After Ghost Light happened, I wasn't getting many parts so i decided i gotta write something for myself and that's how yes came about and i I completely encourage anybody out there who feels discouraged that they're not getting the roles they think they deserve or good enough parts to write something great for yourself
0: great i love it yeah i i've always heard to write something for yourself and i i had a feeling that that's what you did because it seemed so personal and so great to you when i watched your talk back oh
1: yeah absolutely it's very personal to me and yeah it's one day maybe you know if the play ever gets revived again and somebody else plays patrick it's going to be really hard to watch somebody else play that part but i'll let i'll i'll be able to let him go one day
0: <laughs> you should have it in the contract where it's like only i can play only patrick. i can play him
1: forever and ever <laughs> yeah
0: so, how did the process of like pitching Yes and your other uh, staged plays go?
1: Yes was interesting. Yes was uh, a friend of mine said, "I know that you do some writing. Do you have anything written? Because there's a playwright competition, uh, and it's a, sorry a play a playwriting festival, and they're going to put up one act plays." And I said, oh, I don't really have anything. I have a few pages, but let me look at the rules. So I looked at I looked at the guidelines for this festival, and they said that you didn't have to send the full play, and you only had to send in seven pages, um, like the first seven pages. And I said, okay, what do I have on my computer from this play I started? And I had started, yes... Uh, maybe the year before I had the idea for it and I had just started it and I had exactly seven pages. So I thought that was a good sign. So uh, I sent it in to this playwriting festival. I was late by a couple of days. There's no way I thought I was going to get in. <laughs> and then they said, you know, you're in the festival. So I finished the play. And then after that, you know, I went to another festival. We went to um, Detroit. And then we went to the Manhattan rep theater um, basically, I just spoke to the person, the man at Manhattan Rep and said, listen, I had a musical that played off-Broadway and here's this play I have called Yes, that's done some festivals and it's done pretty well. It's gotten pretty good reviews. Uh, would you like to put it up? And he read it and he loved it. So we put it up off-Broadway at Manhattan Rep. And... Then from there, that's how the director saw it and became a screenplay.
0: For the acting stuff, how did you get representation?
1: Representation is really hard, and I feel like I, <laughs> it's a really hard thing to get. Oh, you're
0: telling me? And, uh, <laughs> I've been there. Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, you really have to send your headshot out to like a hundred hundreds of people and hope that a couple of them call you in. Uh, right now I've been lucky to have an agent. Um, he's very, very new. But before that, when I was working on, yes, and even working on the movie, I was, I had no representation. Really? So, yeah, really. Wow.
0: That's so cool. So then. Just, yeah, you did that. That's you. awesome.
1: You just got to pound the pavement or luck or, or know somebody who has a connection it's it's very tricky. It's very tricky to get an agent in this business or a manager. Yeah,
0: I honestly think that that's like one of the toughest things.
1: It's one of the toughest and and sometimes you don't even gel with them. I've had a few I've had agents in the past that haven't gotten me auditions and I had to fire them or vice versa because I wasn't booking auditions. It's very it's very it's very it's very tough. You have to not only get the appointment and then get the contract with the agent you also have to gel with them
0: totally ah so annoying yeah I'm glad you got someone now though that yes yes so this question sucks (laughs) how do you deal with like rejection that comes with being an actor or if any of your plays have been rejected and or anything just stuff like that
1: I've been rejected more so many more times than accepted that it's ridiculous um i hate Uh, that (laughs) i'm so but i'm so it it comes with the territory you have to know that going in and you have to have a thick skin and you have to really remember that so much of the time it has nothing to do with your talent it has to do with the time and the place the right person maybe um you're too tall you're too short you don't have the right hair color your name is their ex's name and they don't want to cast someone with that name. It's really <laughs> ridiculous. Um, there's no right or wrong. There's no rules and there's no rules to, to and how to get apart. Um, you'd have to be in the right place at the right time and do the work. But I've gotten so many no's and it's just really honestly time, time you get over it with time. There have been some devastating ones and then it starts getting easier it gets easier and easier because this business i always say this and i say this in every interview that the no's outweigh the yeses but when you get the yes it's worth all of those no's because it's such an amazing thing to hear yes in this business
0: it is no i totally agree it's like it's so much more of an exciting yes when you get one yes. <laughs> because you've heard no <laughs> so long yeah do you consider yourself more of an actor or a writer or a director or like a mashup of everything
1: I'm a mashup but I'm definitely more of most mostly an actor um, like I never ever thought I, I, I've left directing behind I directed the off-broadway production of yes but I didn't, I didn't want to direct the film um, so I'm not really a director at all uh, I don't really like the responsibility <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll, I guess I'll always write now. You know, it's it's become a part of me. But my number one love will always be acting. That's something. If if someone put a gun to my head and said, you have to give up writing or acting, I'd give up writing. Yeah. So, yeah, acting is just always going to be part of me. Although I do love writing as well.
0: Acting's the one. Yeah, it's the one. <laughs> so excited for your new film, Bob Camaretti. Me too, thank you. <laughs> and you have some massive stars in that, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, Taryn Manning and Vivica Fox. Like yep. wow. <laughs> Congrats. Thank
1: you. And let me tell you, they're so they're the two of the most down to earth people you ever want to meet. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh. Did you begin shooting for that yet? Yes. That's so cool. Are you allowed to say what it's about? Sure. Yay.
1: <laughs> um, it's about um a man who completely who loses his family in a tragic accident and he's diagnosed with a disease and his life is in shambles he's going down a wormhole Um, but he discovers his late father's sport of boxing and he finds redemption and salvation and peace through the world of boxing so we filmed part one this year Um, We just finished a couple of weeks ago, and then we 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 do part two next year.
0: So you were filming during COVID.
1: We were doing we were filming during COVID with all the COVID restrictions, cleaning up the set after every take and masks in between (laughs) takes and and uh, there's a lot of restrictions. I had to get tested like every every couple of days and yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to do when you're filming in Hollywood. Get your
0: brain poked every couple of days. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah
0: yeah you were you're in that movie too right yeah
1: yeah I play the lead yes yeah
0: that's so cool so how did the casting go of these massive stars
1: well see I'm not a producer on that movie so Mm uh our a lot of our producers came up with that um I did mention Vivica Fox that cause I, I also co-wrote the screenplay. I did mention that Vivica would be a good choice and the director agreed. So uh, I had to say, I have like, you know, as a writer, you have a little bit of a say in the casting, but the rest of it was our director, you know, going out and making the offers and just the power of the script uh, it speaks to a lot of people because it's a true underdog story. So a lot of people really like it. You know, Vivica decided to become an executive producer, and so did Taryn. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, they're both executive producers on it That's as well crazy. as
0: acting. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So, do you do any casting at all?
1: I did more casting during yes because I was a producer on that movie. Whereas uh, on this, I didn't really do much. Like I said, I don't. I don't do it. I just I'll give them my opinions of who I, who I would like to be in the movie, but they don't have to listen to me at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so since you did do some casting for Yes, as, I guess, not a casting director, but someone who had a say, what, um, what did you look for when auditioning people?
1: You look for somebody who's really prepared. Um, and I'm not talking like... Um, Having every single line memorized or anything like that. I'm talking about somebody who's done their homework and knows the character and knows the basic plot line of the story. Um, maybe somebody who knows your work and is uh, just doesn't, somebody who doesn't come in completely cold. Uh, so you look for somebody who's done their homework, The somebody who is the right type, obviously. Um, and somebody who's kind you know you don't want to you want to work with people who are nice people who you know are going to be easy to work with so i mean just come in and be yourself be your nice self and uh, that's really all that's all we ask for we're looking you know when you're more casting we're looking for the right person like we're not i learned that from being on in front of the table and behind the table um for many years, I would go on auditions and think I was wasting their time. That's not the truth at all. The truth is that the people casting are looking for you. We want you. You know what I mean? We absolutely want you to be the right choice. So we want you there. So if I, I would give advice to anybody who's uh, who's auditioning, and this has helped me with you know future auditions, it's just like don't be so nervous. You know, it's 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 a joint effort. We can't do it without each other. You know.
0: Speaking of auditioning, how many auditions did it take for you to book something?
1: Ha. <laughs> um, I would say every 50 auditions, you'll get the part. When I was a kid and I auditioned for my first play, I didn't get it. So my very first audition I was rejected from. So um, every 50 to even more, 75, 100 sometimes, you'll, you'll, you'll get a break. Unless you're really lucky. (laughs) There are people who are really lucky and book a lot more than that. I'm not one of the really lucky ones. I had to work really hard um, being more self-made. But there are people who book a lot more than I did.
0: So when you are looking for people for films or uh, even other positions, like looking for producers and casting and directors and stuff, is it all people you already know, or for actors, is it do you go through websites, or is it people that someone knows?
1: If you get recommendations, that's great. Uh, you know, especially if it's a recommendation from someone you really trust, um, there's never anything wrong with that. But mostly the actors come from something called Actors' Access, which is an online breakdown service that agents put their actors headshots and resumes on and submit them for projects. uh, That's used quite often for casting and you usually don't know the person coming in.
0: Do you think there's anything specific that aspiring actors shouldn't skip in their career?
1: Well I think it's important to go to college but if you don't go to college I think it's important to take as many classes as possible um, and really study not just acting but study um the craft of it study the history of the theater and the history of film i think it's super super important to read as many plays as possible to go see as many plays as possible um right now obviously we can't but you know one day we'll be able to again uh but right now uh watch as many films as possible really watch really good actors um And the main thing is don't ever think that you're done learning. You know, you're not. Like, even if you've gotten parts and you've gotten good reviews and you won awards and you're famous even, uh, don't, do not think you're done learning. Always take a class and freshen up and read something, read a good book about acting, read read a good play. Uh, that's what I find most important, you know, just, just get the history of it in your body
0: that's awesome so i was looking at some fun facts about you
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) and i saw that you were almost considered for aj soprano (laughs)
1: yeah that was a tough one um what had happened with that one was the casting director wanted me and i was away
0: with my phone turned
1: off and and missed the final callback for that one. No. But uh.
0: But I saw you were in a later episode.
1: Yeah, I did one episode of it. You know, they liked me, so I did one episode of it. Uh, very small little part, but it was fun. It was fun to be on set for the day.
0: Yeah, what was that set like? Because that's an iconic show.
1: That was one of my... Well, it wasn't my first big... It was one of my... It was my first big TV set. And I remember that I couldn't believe that we were filming at nighttime but it was supposed to take place during the day i remember (laughs) to me that was very shocking we were filming in a a gymnasium in a school and out in jersey and they put these gigantic lights outside of each window and when i walked into the gym it was like eight o'clock in the morning it was so crazy and i remember thinking wow movie magic (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah that was pretty great that was pretty great it was it was very massive
0: yeah, that's awesome. What was your scene like?
1: Uh, we were in a church, and we stole some holy water and, uh, <laughs> you know, the wine. Not the holy water, the wine, and we <laughs> drank it, and we were drunk in gym class. And it was it was fun. It was just, you know, AJ and his friends.
0: So how did you get to know that casting director since they called you in a few times?
1: Um, I had a manager at the time who got me in for AJ, and they liked me for AJ, So, uh, and then when that didn't happen, they called me back um, to come in and do this little part.
0: So what was your first ever uh, network show like?
1: It was a film. My first ever film was a uh, Woody Allen movie called Deconstructing Harry. Oh, wow. Uh, with a <laughs> oh, lot gosh. of big stars in it. And I played the bar mitzvah boy. And I had two days of work on that. <laughs> And that was that was insane because I was young, 11 or so, and it was my first movie set and it was a Woody Allen set. So it was very, very um, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and working with one of the top directors in the world, yeah. he was crazy and wacky. and uh, But I had this beautiful costume and there was a ton of background actors and trailers and, you know lights everywhere so that was insane I was probably 11 and that was my first Hollywood experience
0: wow so how was it being like a child actor in that sense like what was auditioning like being so young and stuff
1: I was less nervous then I don't think you have it the more you grow up the more you learn about life and the more you learn about rejection and the more you learn about you know the bad side of the business. So when I was young, I was just excited to be in the room and like, Aww. yeah, I'll audition. So I, I was much more, uh, um, yeah, no, I was much more excited to audition when I was younger. Nowadays, it's like, oh, I have to audition.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but um, I don't know. I always got. I was. I always liked auditioning when I was a kid. I always found it fun. You know, I would leave school early or not yeah. go to school at all and have a day in Manhattan and just go to my auditions. And I liked it.
0: Yeah. How were your parents about that?
1: They were great. My mom, uh, I lived with my mom. Uh, My parents got divorced when I was three, but I lived with my mom and she was very supportive, incredibly supportive.
0: So what advice would you have given yourself when you were starting out?
1: What I would say is um, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't be depressed because you didn't get Sopranos. Because thing's gonna work out. Um, there's a couple of things, uh, you know, that I feel like I re- choices I made or jobs I turned down. Um, I turned down Ugly Betty because I was in, I was doing some, another project at the time and I thought it was the worst decision of my life. And what I would tell myself is, every decision you make is made for a reason And I wouldn't be where I was today if I had made different decisions. So you're on the right path. Everyone's on their own path. Uh, Take your time. You don't have to rush it. You know, you're going to be in your 30s when you star in your first movie. That's fine. There's (laughs) nothing wrong with that. Um, Yeah, I mean, like what I would tell myself basically is like, don't worry about it. It's eventually going to happen.
0: Yay. Okay. Thank you so much, Tim. It was so great talking to you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for the movie. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to follow the podcast on Instagram at Sage May Speaks. And be sure to give a rate on whatever platform you're listening on. Next week, I'll be with Michael Kushner.